This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. We're going to start off with a little news about the financing being approved for the on-campus stadium, a big, momentous, huge day on Tuesday. We'll give you some comments from Michael Kelly and Ray Law and Will Weatherford, and we'll also drop in some news coming up here shortly on women's basketball. The team is headed back to the Virgin Islands. That part of their non-conference schedule for this upcoming season was made official. All some notes involving baseball, tennis, and of course, not just the on-campus stadium, but football. I tweeted out what I thought was an excellent article yesterday. If you go to my Twitter page at Derek Sharp, that's D-A-R-E-K, footballscoop.com has been putting together a top 10 list of the most impressive new staffs for this upcoming season. Their Doug Samuels broke down the Alex Golish staff. That's their number seven staff of the year. We don't know who the top six are because as of this taping, they hadn't revealed them yet. But as far as the Bulls go, high praise for Todd Orlando. And though it's not been announced, it does sound like the head coach, Alex Golish, will be doing a lot when it comes to the offense. But for what it's worth, Joel Gordon, who was the passing game coordinator at Iowa State, is listed as the offensive coordinator on their website, along with being the quarterback's coach. But it doesn't just stop with those guys. He does specifically, talking about this article on footballscoop.com, how Matt Merritt most recently top 20 offense at Georgia Southern is the run game coordinator associate head coach has been part of some exciting offenses he also adds that he really likes the addition of former Minnesota assistant Clay Patterson for his veteran presence Patterson is the tight ends coach leading the receivers is LaDamian Washington who Samuels writes had an interesting fall last year and may just arrive at USF with something to prove essentially he was put into an interim coaching role last year they had some stuff going on at Oklahoma he led the receivers did a great job they went outside the program coming into this next season he was headed to Western Kentucky before Golish snagged him and one other name to remember Andrew Warsaw who is not on the assistant coaching staff. He is the associate athletic director and football chief of staff who did a great job with that role at Tennessee. He has worked in the NFL as a director of game ops involving the Super Bowl. Quite an impressive individual. Again, part of an impressive staff that Alex Golish has strung together. Golish has been busy with his staff this past weekend hosting a big event. If you've been following him on Twitter, you know that A lot of action is going on at the indoor performance facility. And speaking of that, when the news was made official yesterday, Coach Golish tweeted, fired up to be a part of this next step for us as a football program. The commitment is real. The process to chase greatness is real. And he's speaking about the USF Board of Trustees officially approving the $340 million budget, the financing plan for the on-campus football stadium with one no vote but everyone else in the affirmative almost casually on a zoom call on a tuesday morning it is official the adjectives were out in full force michael kelly calling it a historic day president law saying usf is investing in its athletics programs in ways we never have before calling the construction of an on-campus stadium a complex endeavor That requires significant financial resources and thorough planning, adding she is very excited about the progress that is being made on this long-awaited project. If you do want all of the details on the financing plans, how the $200 million that will be taken on in debt by the USF Financing Corporation, it's all there for you. Head to GoUSFBulls.com. There's a link to the article, which itself contains more details on the plans moving forward. But the point is, the on-campus stadium plans officially took the big step forward. The future 
on-campus stadium, a 35,000-seat facility will be opened by that fall of 2026. By then, it will also house women's lacrosse, with, of course, football being the primary tenant, and we'll continue to share details as we get them here. And I know, I know, everyone wants to see renderings. It's like it doesn't exist for some until they actually see a nice drawing. That's why I think the one paragraph was included in the article about this being the design phase of the new stadium. It speaks about how there have been plenty of meetings between USF and groups that include fans and, of course, alumni and faculty. I do know that the input has been interesting. One person wanted to see if there was a way to have a hotel in the stadium. Don't know if there's enough room for a hotel inside a football stadium. Anyway, it's all being taken into consideration. And the article has the, I think, purposely worded sentence that at the conclusion of the design phase, USF leadership will be able to present a more detailed plan for a stadium, including renderings of the facility. So let them design it first. You know, I'll do my best to snoop around and see if I can slide in some hints for you guys. But until it's actually complete is when I'm guessing that we'll actually be able to see the much-awaited renderings of the stadium. Other stuff going on. Again, we've got Romaine Beckford, the national champion high jumper, in our second segment along with his coaches. But baseball, and this is something that was reported and probably should always pass along to you when it's actually made official, and that is that Alan Kunkel is back on the staff. He was an assistant on the 2020 and 21 teams, the latter, of course, the Super Regional participant. After going to UAB for the last two years, he is back as the associate head coach. If you missed it, some changes to the assistant staff for Coach Billy Mole, Carson Whitson, and Bo Durkak, top two assistants, no longer with the program. And now Kunkel is back. Actually ran into him on Monday. Had something lined up to take place yesterday, but had some stuff back on the home front. Pushed those interview plans. We will talk to Coach Kunkel really soon, possibly for Friday's show. Definitely going to talk with Denise Shelty-Brown, women's soccer head coach. You'll hear that on Friday's program again here during the summer months. We are on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Bulls Beat. If something major happens, we'll add in a Tuesday or Thursday show, but that is the schedule as it stands. Speaking of baseball, the last sport's still going, and if this week's College World Series is anything like the regionals, it should be incredibly dramatic. The Gators are there, by the way, as the number two seed. They'll be playing Virginia, the team that East Carolina got beat by twice in the first round. Cavaliers, very impressive. Also in that half of the bracket, Oral Roberts. Man, you talk about drama. They were down to their, after losing at Oregon in game one, last at bats, and they hit a ball that looked like a double play ball to end it up the middle. Didn't quite get fielded. Next thing you know, they're down 7-6, bases loaded, slice it down the left field line for a ground rule double to force a game three, which they won easily. They'll be playing TCU on the other side of the bracket. An all-SEC matchup with Tennessee-LSU. The number one seed, Wake Forest, which dropped 22 on Bama on Sunday. Taken on Stanford. Did you see the last spot in Omaha get clinched and how it got clinched by Stanford? Should have been going to extra innings. High fly with two outs induced by Texas. This was in Palo Alto. And you had two Texas outfielders not be able to spot the ball. And like a nightmare, it drops into the middle of them. No one had a chance to catch it. That's how Stanford walked it off. Can you imagine getting to that point in your season, deciding game in the Super Regionals, and having your season end with a lost in the lights ball? But that's just a sliver of the incredible drama that has been taking place in baseball. I would highly recommend now that the NBA and NHL seasons are both over. Great job in both cases by the Nuggets and the 
Vegas Knights to check out some college baseball this weekend. Speaking of the Bulls and baseball, shout out to Coco Montez. Got the call up on Sunday, made his major league debut with Colorado, hit a game-tying two-run home run, worked his way up after being drafted in the 15th round in 2018. This year had 12 homers at AAA Albuquerque. He became a home run hitter. I mentioned 12 homers because that's more than he had in his three-year career with the Bulls. He totaled 10, including two on one day, as I recall. I know that Pete Strez like he's going to get a chance for the complete game. Boy, that ball is hit to right field by Coco Montez. He could have a two-homer day, and he does! Coco Montez came into the day with no home runs on the season and give him two in two innings and give him five RBI. It's 13 to one. Another former Bull, now pro pitcher, Pete Streslecki gets a mention in there. That was, by the way, at East Carolina. One of the more memorable series in my years calling baseball here for USF Bulls Unlimited. We might drop those games in during our weekend classics, the schedule during the summer being best of from the past season during the day, a classic football game each night, and then on the weekends, all classics, and that implies football for the most part. But yeah, we've got some classic basketball games and even some other sports as well. So I have a feeling that'll drop into our schedule soon enough. Oh, speaking of schedules and basketball, when you are in the rotation, you know you are a big-time program. The women's basketball program of Jose Fernandez seems to be in the rotation for all of these major multi-team events. That, and this is kind of an unwritten rule, or maybe it's written somewhere, basically don't have the same team play in their event outside of a period of four years. So if you play in an event and then four years later you're invited back, that's as soon as you can be invited back. And that's what it's going to be with the Bulls and the Paradise Jam. That's in the U.S. Virgin Islands. This is the Thanksgiving tournament. In fact, the first game will be on Thanksgiving Day, November the 23rd. That'll be against High Point. These are scheduled games, so it's not a bracket. The Bulls will also play Arizona State on Black Friday and then Texas. Rematch of the big game from this past season that the Bulls won in Austin on Saturday night. Four other teams will be there, including now former Bulls conference opponent Cincinnati, along with Kentucky, Colorado, and NC State. But they're playing their own separate four-team event. It's a great setup there. And if you had to go usfbulls.com, actually thinking about maybe making that trip, you can go about doing that. Also, the USF Women's Basketball Twitter page let us know the exact schedule for pool play as three members, former members, of the USF program are taking part in the Eurobasket tournament. It's basically the women's basketball equivalent to, if you're a soccer fan, the European Championships. Elena Chinecki and Greece get things going Thursday morning early. Betty Menunga playing with Belgium and Kitty Aloxa with Latvia. Those are the three former Bulls taking part in that tournament, which begins with pool play. Chinecki did get drafted by the Washington Mystics. Didn't work out there. Dulce Fank and Mengiadu still with the Seattle Storm. Love Coach Amir Abdul-Rahim putting out videos, including on Twitter yesterday, a little chat with Kobe Knox, one of the transfers in, and he is, of course, from Tampa. TC went to Grand Canyon University. Coach Abdul-Rahim says, make sure you call Kobe the mayor, so we'll do that. I'm going to make my way over to the Moomis Center and see if I can snag some interviews with new members of that staff, not just the coaching staff, but the players as well. So a lot of interviews during the summer here on Bulls Beat. Also wanted to mention one more thing before we, speaking of interviews, get to track and field in our second block. Laura Pellissé. Lau, who is graduating senior from the women's tennis squad, has been named the winner of the ITA, that's Intercollegiate Tennis Association, Sissy Leary Sportsmanship Award for the entire Southeast region. 